0: Steve I'm blind and welcome to the blind gamer podcast in today's episode as you can probably tell by the title of this video slash podcast slash audio thing uh, we're gonna be talking a lot about Red Dead Redemption 2 today this is actually a spoiler cast for Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, I wanted to be able to do this and uh, you may be kind of wondering, uh, Steve, why are you doing this now and not like like a year ago when it came out? Um, well, here's the thing. So it, it kind of ties into sort of the accessibility side of things that, I, uh, that it was harder for me to be able to play at the beginning, but I'll get into that in, in a sec. Um, and then also I kind of thought, you know what, Uh, It just recently came out for PC. People are starting to be able to play it again with Red Dead Online uh, being a thing that people are jumping into as well. And of course, people probably picking this up over the holidays over the past little bit. They're probably playing this for the first time. So even though it's not like Trending as far as the Google Trends sort of thing. I figured, you know what? I just recently played it. I want to talk about it, and I, I, I like, I need to kind of get this out while it's still fresh in my mind uh, after playing this. So. Uh, that's kind of where this episode's gonna go. I'm gonna basically talk about uh, my history with Red Dead, I'm gonna talk about the accessibility, kind of where I thought about the story and the ending with the epilogue and sort of my thoughts about all of that. And uh, we're gonna try to be able to, uh, I'm gonna try to touch on as much as I can. Um, I am only one person, so there's a lot of things that I did miss. Uh, There's a lot of missions I didn't go on that uh, probably would've been an amazing sort of uh, uh mo- could have had some amazing moments within the game uh i just didn't uh get to because uh, i was mainly kind of like mainlining the story uh but i'll get into that in a little bit uh first off i kind of wanted to at least kind of give my history with red dead redemption so i actually played the original red dead Re- wow it's actually a green or it's a red but I forgot, yeah, this is a green box, not a red box. Uh, so I, this is not my original copy of Red Dead Redemption. Uh, I wish I still had my original copy. Uh, but I I sold it years ago. Um, but, uh, well, actually, what I did like about it, though, is that it still has, uh, when I purchased this, it still has the original map Um I don't even know if, I, if If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll be able to see at least majority of this. But if you're listening to this uh, on a podcast, uh, you might want to be able to check it out on, on, on YouTube just to be able to see this sort of map here. I know it's sort of like cut off because of the green screen, but whatever. And then there's also uh, this picture on the back, which is pretty cool. Um, I, I, I've been looking for a copy of it, uh, making sure uh, for a long time after I sold mine, and I wanted to make sure that I had the map uh, still. Uh, That came with it, so I'm glad at least the copy that I did pick up had this Um, But I remember picking it up uh, picking up Red Dead Redemption in um, in I'd say the beginning part of 2011 I, uh, I actually technically, I picked it up on boxing day, uh, 2010, uh, for those who don't know, if you don't live in Canada or, you don't or in, uh, in the, U- in the UK, essentially boxing day, it's the day after Christmas. And usually there's a lot of big sales happening on that day. Uh, it's technically like, uh, the Canadian version, our Canadian version of boxing or of, uh, uh Black Friday. Uh, although now we have Black Friday and boxing day. So we technically get two actually kind of really big sales, but it, it's whatever, um, and I picked it up because it was pretty cheap, and I, I I didn't wasn't too interested in it at first because I was never really interested in the Grand Theft Auto games that, that Rockstar was known at the time. So having this as sort of like a, like another extension, I thought it was going to be basically just Grand Theft Auto with westerns, and I love westerns too much uh, that I just I was like, you know what, I don't really want to. Be a bad guy. I don't want to be an outlaw in this in this Western world and and having to be able to like be, like basically stereotypical sort of way uh and the sensationalized version of what the West was. I kind of want a little bit more something realistic and um and not necessarily having to be able to go into each town and just. Like shoot up a bunch of saloons and sleep with a lot of the prostitutes in the saloon and then make my way out or whatever. And at the time, that's kind of what Grand Theft Auto really was, and that was sort of my perception of it. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna to get a to go coffee real quick. Um, so that was kind of my my interpretation of what Red Dead Redemption was gonna be, and I knew it was sort of ba- it was sort of a sequel of Red Dead Revolver. Um, I mean, sort of. I mean, I knew that it sort of shared the same name, and I kind of figured it was a sequel or something. Um, but I didn't know much about it. And I thought, you know what? I'm an adult. I'm living on my own. I was living in a very small town in uh, Ontario, uh, Canada. And I figured, you know what? I had an Xbox 360. I'll pick it up, and then I'll start playing it. And I fell in love with it. It was completely not what i expected uh rockstar uh san diego at the time put in a lot of effort to make sure that this story was uh or this game was as close like as close to sort of like a a west a really good western story as best as possible and in the grand form of like a spaghetti western or um like a, a literary western like kind of like um the original 310 to Yuma uh you may probably know that from the movie but 310 to Yuma was uh uh was a was a book it was a short story um I think it was a short story I can't remember if it was a full blown novel or if it was just a if it was a book um and uh, actually I thought that the uh author in this um in this uh, in the game Evelyn Miller that you meet in Saint Denis uh was uh, the the this per- like um it, it was Elmore I can't remember I'm, the name's, I'm blanking on the name right now, but I thought that Evelyn Miller was that uh, author, and it could be just basically an homage to that uh, that guy because he uh, the I think Elmore Leonard I think was the name, um, and he wrote a lot of Western novels. So Red Dead Redemption had that had that feel to it, and they really Rockstar San Diego put so much effort into the story, making sure that it was a great. Amazing tale, and it was just, just even the gameplay. And I was so I fell in love with it, and it became one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, actually, at a certain point, it was my favorite game of all time. Uh, that was until Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild uh, came out, and that kind of a, actually, you know, what? I don't really have a, 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 a my all time favorite game of all time. I have favorites, but I don't have favorite, so I so I, I but I will say, Red Dead Redemption, I was I was very very, very much. Uh, that that was. Uh, I, I kind of held that in high regard. And then when I heard about Red Dead Redemption Two, um, when that came out, uh, or when this came out, it, it was like, or it was announced. I was very, very excited. Um, the fact that we were getting a sequel, uh, the fact that they've been working on it for for five years. At that point, I was like, "Yes, I'm in." I didn't care what it was. I thought I could be able to play it, and, uh, and 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 I was excited to be able to play it. And actually, if you go into the archive of my YouTube channel, youtube.com/snowball, uh, you can be able to see my first playthrough, at least the first hour or so of Red Dead Redemption Two, and um, and, so, and so and unfortunately, that like it, this is like right after the, like I, it came out. Like honestly, because this this copyright here that I hold in my hands. It's a PS4 copy. Uh this has been sitting on my shelf for a while. I purchased this. I pre-ordered this. Uh I bought this day 1 uh, when it came out and um I started playing it. I played it for my YouTube channel and then I got to about chapter 2 and then I stopped. Um and I hadn't touched it for basically a year. Um mainly because of the accessibility. And so uh, I'm going to talk about the accessibility uh, about this and 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 this like I said this leads into sort of why I stopped playing um and that the accessibility in this game is still pretty poor uh I, it's not like now picking it up a year later it got easier or it was it, it was far like far suited like better for um for my disability it's not like they improved it with a pat like any updating patches or whatever it just uh um, I, I was able to like, there were certain things that I was able to upgrade technology wise to be able to help, uh, make it a little bit easier for me to be able to play, but not, uh, not in regards to the game itself. Uh, the, unfortunately a rock star for me in this, uh, in this instance, uh, was not able to put in any accessibility options, um, in this game, uh, at least that were specifically designed for accessibility. Subtitles, to a certain degree, yes. Um, And I did like that uh, the subtitles you, you can have turned on Pretty much all the time. Whenever you're talking to some, uh, talking to anybody, and there's dialogue, you can see the uh, the tag uh, of, of the person who's speaking. And um, even when people are talking over each other, it kind of does a cool little like lower contrast of someone talking underneath you and you, and the most important dialogue over top. Um, uh, uh, like, and it was so. And I, I, there's that, I would, I'd say there's a lot of there's a there's a few accidental accessibility features and I say accidental because I don't know whether or not it was intentional, uh, but it was uh, at least there are certain things that helped make the gameplay a little bit easier for me to jump into, um, mainly being the, uh, the auto aim was a big help. Um, so basically how that worked was that if you were. Um, if you push the L2 button, this I'm just on the PS, uh, PS4 specifically, uh, hit the L2 button uh, to go into sort of aim mode, and if you are near, if your reticle is near an enemy, it'll just automatically lock on to that enemy and uh, you can be able to use R2 to fire. And uh, that helped a lot, especially when I was like un- uh, like in behind cover and there was a group of enemies kind of attacking me. I can just sort of like, pr- before I even jumped up, I knew sort of where an enemy was to a certain degree and I just sort of would pop up, hit like immediately hit L2, and then it would auto-aim to that person. And then uh, in order to be- for me to be able to get a headshot, I knew enough that I could just sort of, if I flicked up the right thumbstick uh, just a little bit, It generally because the auto aim would hit the chest like that's pretty much where it would always uh, auto aim to. But if you flicked up a little bit, you can generally get a headshot majority of the time. There was a lot of times where I had missed and and even the special like little. Um, uh, bonuses that you get, uh, like uh, check marks you get at the end of each mission. And there was a lot of like um, being able to hit with 80% accuracy or get this X amount of headshots or whatever. There was a lot of times I didn't get those, but uh, I was able to get a lot more headshots than I probably would in any other game. Uh, and it, I sort of call that as... Like even though it probably didn't wasn't labeled as accessibility feature, uh, I did appreciate that that was in the game. Um, one thing I still am uh, very it's it was hard for me to to even even in this current playthrough that I did it was hard for me to play was the low text uh, size or small text size. Um, And we've talked about it a lot over the past year, Um, even in games that uh, the the big sort of AAA titles that uh, even people without a a visual disability, it was hard for them to be able to see the text without having to lean a little bit closer to their screen in order to be able to see. And um, that's that's this was kind of like the beginning stages of of, the, of those kind of AAA titles. Um, and it was more about the developers, uh, the Rockstar, it seemed like they were more interested in getting rid of the majority of the HUD as possible so you could be able to see the gorgeous environment. And I've actually heard conversations of developers who think that way, that they think that they should just have a very limited HUD and make everything as small as possible so that everyone can enjoy the, art, the artistic environments. And uh, unfortunately, it's not like, As gorgeous as it can be, it's not the greatest when it comes to pushing accessibility forward. So uh, the fact that everything was a little bit smaller and also was pushed off to the far corners, especially now that when you're when you have like very large televisions and you're playing games on these large TVs, it is hard to be able to put things in the UI that are into the far corners, mainly because your vi- like your vision even just if, like you don't even have a disability essentially your vision uh, is it, kind of more focused on the center of the screen uh, majority of the time, because that's where your player is. That generally is where your reticle is for your, any, like for a first person shooter. It generally, everything, everything is happening in the center of the screen. And being able to have to look off into different directions, you actually have to physically either look that way or just you have to, like something has to catch your eye in order to be able to see it. And for some people uh, who don't have a disability, uh, being able to kind of look like casually at a certain thing and be able to read it real quickly, um, that's a blessing and that that's, that's awesome if you can do that. For me, unfortunately, no. And I sort of use this example a lot, um, even when I, I've been talking about sort of the, uh, when people ask like sort of what, what games have like pretty low accessibility for you. And I use this as an example where, because everything is like the dialogue options or the uh, the interactive um, menus uh, in the HUD uh, are pushed to the bottom right corner, and the text is pretty small. And I and when I first uh, sort of was getting used to it, uh, when I started playing, it was at the very beginning. It's not really a spoiler, but you're basically in the mountains, you're in, in a blizzard at night, and you're following Dutch. Um, to do the next bit of the mission without really spoiling anything in the story wise, Uh, and I like you were talking to him. You're talking to Dutch as Arthur, and all of a sudden, you I I look and I saw that there was a a possible dialogue option with Dutch. So, but but by the time I looked into that corner and I saw what it was, and I saw what two there was two questions I could ask him, and by the time I decided on what question to ask, the dialogue option went away. And I felt like I was che- like sort of in a way cheated out of a story beat that could have been really cool and could I, uh, could have been a nice little way to be able to kind of interact with Dutch. And maybe I didn't know at the time, but it could have maybe had some rep- like a, uh, a something, that, a choice that I made with regards to the question that I asked could have had an impact later. I, I did play it again uh, and I realized it was just basically just uh, it was just an additional flavor sort of text sort of thing. But I felt like when I first saw it and when I first played it, I felt like I was missing out on something. And it was because of just how small it was. It was just hard for me to be able to, uh, and just the reaction time I had of it, it it was hard for me to be able to keep playing it. And so by the time that I got to chapter two within the story... Uh, and it just wasn't really progressing so much, and I just like I was struggling with more of the accessibility than necessarily the story or the gameplay itself. Actually, the gameplay was kind of like the hardest because everything was in that interactive uh, menu at the bottom right, and there was many times, especially with the the PS4, um, and the fact that uh, for me visually the square and circle buttons look so similar in that interactive menu that I was there was a, many a times I was pushing circle when I was supposed to be pushing square and vice versa, that it was like I was making mistakes and I was making and I was hitting the wrong choice uh to be able to talk to someone especially uh when I think um uh when I'm having to just greet people strangers in a town and uh I I would always I always wanted to be able to greet them uh in a very polite sort of way and I always knew that, that like I figured out that that was square but at the time at the beginning when I would hit circle I believe that was to antagonize them and I think triangle was to rob so when I antagonize them, I'm like no, no no that's not what I wanted to do. So there was many a times at the beginning of playing this game with the first time that I was making those mistakes. And it was because I just couldn't be able to see properly of, of what those button presses were. And so... It and uh, and I felt that the reticle was a little bit too small and hard to see. Um, I felt like even the uh, the colors that they used were uh, were really, really hard. Um, and so I basically I just like it. Just I was struggling with it, and I didn't want to keep struggling with it just to be able to get through the story uh, because I felt like it would, uh, it would sort of. Uh, wouldn't have the same impact, st- like, uh, like story-wise, if I if I had to keep fighting the accessibility, the lack of accessibility, uh, or the accessibility barriers within this game for me. So um, I stopped, and I it's again, it's been sitting on my shelf for a year, un- like I hadn't touched it, and I, I kept thinking I could sell this and 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 make some money off of it, or at least get some money back for it. But I kept thinking. No, I, I i'm gonna I'm gonna jump back into this at some point. Um, and I just never I just never pulled the trigger pun intended, as it were, to sell this. And so I thought, uh, and then it wasn't until like end of November, beginning of December. I don't know what, tr- what, tr- what again, what triggered it, pun intended, uh, for me to be able to be like, yes, I'm going to start playing this. I, it may have been sort of people were playing it on PC because it just re- it just recently came out for PC, um, or and also as well, Red Dead Online was starting to become a thing. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to give this one more try. So I started back at the beginning again. I didn't want to jump back into my old save uh, because I I didn't want to have to keep fighting with accessibility barriers, as well as trying to be able to learn the muscle memory of the interaction, uh, uh, like or or which buttons were which. And I didn't want to basically make the same mistake because I'm trying to figure out, okay, what button is it that I'm supposed to be pushing? And all of a sudden, like I would be shooting somebody and uh, I didn't want to do that. So I started off a a brand new save and like I said, I was able to get to that point in the dialogue option with Dutch. Uh, and uh, again, it was it, it was a cool little story moment, but it wasn't like it was it had a huge impact on the game itself. But, uh, you know, take a sip of, sip of coffee real quick. Um, and so when like, at, like and it's not like when I jump back in that the accessibility got better. Um, I feel like in a, in a small way, because of just the, the amount of games I've played over the past year, um, my, my skills have improved a little bit. Uh, so I, I felt it was a little bit easier than, than I had remembered. Uh, but again, like I said before, there was sort of some technical upgrades that I was able to do. Uh, and the fact that I had a bigger TV this time around, or at least a better setup for me to be able to play where I had, the TV was a little bit closer than it normally was, uh, or when I first played it, uh, cause I think I actually played it on a 27 inch monitor originally, and then I upgraded to a 42 inch monitor when I first started this and then over the Christmas break, uh, I purchased one I'm looking at right now, which is my computer monitor slash gaming monitor. It's a 50 inch TV and it's sitting about a foot and a half away from me. So that also helped. And then also, what was different this time around was that I was playing it on a PS4 Pro where I was originally playing it on a PS4. I will say this, um, if the difference, if you're wondering about the difference between the two, there wasn't really much difference graphically wise. Yes, things were clearer and crisper on a PS4 Pro, uh, being able to play it in 4K, um, but the only difference I saw was more of the uh, the draw distance so a lot of it sort of like you're you're able to, you're not able to see far off in the distance with a, with a ps4 um whereas in a ps4 pro you're able to see a farther into the distance so you're able to see like distant mountains and and even details of like snow on the mountains and stuff like that um so it, but it, but it didn't but i didn't feel like that i was uh that i was that lo- like i lost out on uh, a cool sort of like graphical like Look to the game uh, when uh, jumping from a PS4 to a PS4 Pro, um, but it does help. It, it's a it's a nice it's a nice looking uh, upgrade uh, for sure. And uh, the game is gorgeous regardless. The game is gorgeous regardless whether you're on a PS4 or PS4 Pro. And uh, I, I just think that if you're play, if you have the option to be able to play in 4K or on an Xbox One X or even on a higher end PC or on a PS4 Pro, I definitely recommend it because um, you do get a lot more graphic bang for your buck, as it were. Um, so when I jump back in uh, to the, to the story it, with those sort of technical upgrades that I had, it did become a little bit easier for me to see because text was still uh, was still uh, like it was still small, but. It was a little bit more legible for me, and I also utilized the PlayStation Zoom option when I was playing this, uh, which is this, something that's built into the system where you can be able to hit the PS button and the square button at the same time, and it will turn on the Zoom feature where you can use the left thumbstick to be able to move around, the, like basically move your view around the screen uh, to be able to see things a little bit more clearly. Um, it doesn't. It's not. It's not robust in any way. You can't. You can't uh, adjust your zoom level. Uh, it's only one uh, one zoom uh, multiplication. So I think it's like two times zoom and that's it. You can't adjust it at all. Uh, and then the only thing to do is just turn it on and off. And it helped a lot for a lot of things that like the, the tool tips or the on the top left corner, uh, whenever I had to be able to read something, I just sort of would turn that on so I can be able to see what it says. There would be sometimes where it would disappear before I could be able to actually read the read it fully. But for the majority of the time, that was how I was able to read those sections uh, of, of the game within the HUD itself. Uh, I knew that there was like a a Red Dead Redemption 2 app where you can be able to have like a map uh, up and running and and stuff like that, and you're able to uh, use that. I I, I tried it at first when I first played it, but uh, I didn't for this playthrough, uh, mainly just because with the the screen that I had uh, and with the upgrade I had and it being pretty close, I was able to at least read the map a little bit easier than, excuse me, than previously. So um that was sort of my thinking of, of jumping back into the game again and um there was something that happened in, in the story-wise So i'm going to jump into the story of this so if you haven't played it through uh to the end of the epilogue part two basically when you get to the end credits uh of the game uh i would recommend definitely you you, you stop watching this or listening to this right now if you are listening to this, uh, this i i like i applaud you for for risking y- yourself to get in, because it, it, it does say it's a spoiler cast in this in the title of this. So um, if you haven't played it, I, this is your ch- this is your chance to be able to jump off it and, uh, and 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 go play yourself. I would say if you are on the fence about it, it doesn't. Um, uh, by I will say I I completed the game. I completed the main story of the game. This doesn't sort of say that because I as a disabled gamer. Uh, was able to or a blind gamer was able to play this that you can too. I never want to be able to uh, give that as the, the uh, as the intention of what I'm, uh, what I'm saying. Uh, It's, it would if you can take it for what you will there are very it's very rare that I can actually be able to play a game and complete the story uh, because of excess of, of my disability and uh, and and other things are just other factors so the fact that I'm able to like there are very few games I was able to actually to complete and roll credits on and uh, but this game is one that I was able to so you can take that with w- what you will I do recommend it it's uh, it's a, an amazing game and uh, it's very much up there when it comes to the original Red Dead Redemption. Uh, I would say it probably uh, with in, in regards to some of the gameplay. I feel like that maybe Red Dead Redemption might be a better choice than a, like uh, when it comes to Red Dead Redemption Two in comparison. Uh, Story wise, they're both. Amazing stories, uh, different stories and different pacing uh, for the stories. but it I would say uh, it it's right up there with uh, with it's an amazing game, and it definitely deserved in my opinion, a lot of the awards that it got of Game of the Year for 2018. And I was upset. I was upset at the time uh, because I felt like the 2018 had an amazing year for games when you're talking like uh, just a few examples, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. There was so many great games that came out in 2018. And yet for some reason, uh, I was like, and I was like, really? This game won because of, uh, there was some people that didn't really like this, and I was like, like, why did it win so many awards? I'm like, now I get it. Now I understand why, and yes, I would agree. So take that with what you will. If you want to be able to pick it up and play it, uh, there's your chance to be able to get out now before any spoilers happen. Uh, without any further ado, so let's jump into the story. So now we're into spoiler territory. There is one line in the entire game that I feel like sums up the the hundred percent the story of Arthur and the Vanderlyn gang. and sort of it, it, this is what unlocked the character of Arthur Morgan for me. Um, at first when I played this, Arthur Morgan was someone I did not want to be able to play. He was a bad dude. He was a bad guy. Um, duh! <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't take a sip for that. That was that was a bad joke. Um, he he was an outlaw, and I felt like that I wasn't able to have a lot of agency with Arthur. Arthur didn't feel like it was my character, um, like John Marston was when when I first played Red Dead, Red Dead, uh, Red Dead One, or uh, Red Dead Redemption. You felt like that John Marston, essentially, uh, he was a bad guy. Um, he he was an outlaw and he's changing his ways and he's roped back in again into his past and he's sort of been trying to redeem himself from his past and so you had the full option of whether you can go completely bad again or you can go uh, try to be able to go completely good. And for me, I always go completely good. There's only one time I actually went bad in a game and that was Star Wars Knights of the Republic. And that was after I'd already played the game uh, through as the, uh, like on the light side. I decided to go back in and play completely dark. And that was the only one of the first and only time I ever did that. Uh, And uh, I've never done a played an RPG where I played a bad guy since. Uh, And so with Arthur, the fact that, yes, there was some agency that you had over the character they took a rockstar took kind of like a last of us approach where essentially you're playing as joel and ellie uh, or you're playing as joel and you're playing you're like you're not really necessarily joel you're just in his like you're just in his boots uh, as it were, in his shoes. Uh, you weren't really, you didn't have full control over Joel because uh, it was the story that sort of take over. And I kind of felt that that was the same way with Arthur Morgan. You, uh, Rockstar had a very specific story to tell with Arthur and you were along for the ride, uh, as it were. And I was a little bit, I, I was, I, 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 and Greg Miller kind of talked about this he, in, in, and how much of an impact Red Dead had on him and the decisions he made. Uh, and it's sort of like, it changed the way he thought about Red Dead, and then when he jumped into Red Dead Two, he felt like that he that he didn't want to be a bad guy. He wanted to at least have some choice in the matter of uh, of bec- like of of becoming a, a, a good guy instead of having to go in and basically do all these missions, robbing people and 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 taking money from them, and killing them or beating them up and stuff like that. And I felt the same way when I was playing it. I was just like, ah, I just I just don't like Arthur as a character. I just didn't like him at first, and then jumping back into it again starting from scratch there is like i said there was one line that i feel like that sums up and it this is what switched around the character for me this is what made me realize who arthur was and what i and and what i can do as a player to sort of lead him into the direction of a redemption story. Um, and it was at the very beginning. It's shortly after that they had rescued Sadie Adler from, uh, from the O'Driscoll's. Uh, they, uh, the, they were walking, they're walking outside after the house is burning down and, uh, Dutch puts uh, puts the, uh, a blanket over top of, uh, of Sadie and Arthur, um, uh, grabs her by the shoulders and is about to put uh, put her onto a horse, and he says, uh, and I had to look this up because I wanted to get the, the quote right. He says, "We're bad men, but we ain't them." He was talking about the old Driscolls and like and and themselves, but uh, I feel like that is that is the crux of that was the justification of what of Arthur. And the decision that in decisions that he made throughout the entire game or leading up to uh, this this story uh, and throughout this entire time is that Arthur knew he was a bad dude. He Arthur knew that he was uh, that 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 he was making these bad decisions. He but he sort of was was de- um, desensitized to it uh, because they had to do this to survive. But seeing what the O'Driscolls do as a gang and um they had no there's no care for anybody else other than themselves uh he felt that at least with the Vanderlyn gang it was more of a commu- excuse me I had to burp there um it was more of a community and a family than necessarily a gang which is what the Adriscos were. The Adriscos were more of a gang than necessarily a a family or community. And that line, once once I kind of heard that again, it was and 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 it's and I ignored ignored it the first time, but as soon as I re- uh, I heard that, I was like, oh yeah, this is Arthur. We're bad men, but we but. But we have some dignity like and even at, and there was even uh, a, a, a one point in, in Red Dead Redemption where John talks about the uh, Dutchess gang and um, sort of and their philosophy in that they yes, they would rob people. Yes, they would rob banks and stuff, but they would always rob rich people to be able to help the poor. It's sort of like a Robin Hood type scenario. And you got to see that in action in this game. Um, there were definitely some moments where I feel like that um, were unnecessarily, especially like I think. Uh, Greg, Greg Miller even mentioned this as well in his sort of uh, review of it was that they were robbing a train and it just sort of like there was a, 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 a civilian on there. And uh, one, like one of them says, hey, beat, like, G- give him a beating, Arthur, and it'd be like, make sure they get we get our money. And you had to do it. Um, uh, like, I mean, actually, I think at one point, if you just don't do it, someone else would. Uh, one of the other characters would. But um, It still didn't really, like by not doing it, it still didn't really like change anything of the outcome of anything in the story-wise. It's not like it was brought up. It's not like uh, a little pop-up thing that says that uh, Dutch will remember that kind of thing. It was never anything like that. But uh, it, it sort of allowed me to understand who Arthur was at the beginning of this game. When he and he was when, especially when you get out of the mountains and you go into uh Valentine and and that whole chapter two section, which I think is the longest chapter of the game, uh, and you're doing all these things, you're you're uh, you're breaking Micah out of jail, uh, you're doing you're collecting debts from uh, from Strauss, and you're you're basically like you're doing all these things, you're planning out this sort of next big score, uh, to get them like to get the Vanderlyn gang out of. Uh, the state that they're in and literally and figuratively. It, so it, like you, I sort of understood it. And then even, and I didn't think about it at the very beginning when I, uh, what, uh, but there was one sort of debt collection mission that you do with Strauss that I was very, that had an impact on me that I didn't think that it would become a thing later until much later was that when you were, uh, when you were visiting um, uh, Mr. Downs and his family and he's dying and you don't realize it's tuberculosis until later and it sort of, it comes up later. That's, the, uh, that's what happened to Arthur um, and, and that's where he got it from. Uh, it's sort of innocuous. And it's like, and, and, and unless you go back and, and look at it, you're like, oh yeah, now I see that was the moment that like when he spits into his face and then later on when when the, when, uh, when the he's riding away, you can see him wipe his mouth. Uh, and you don't like, it's so subtle and, and extremely subtle that unless you knew what happened, you wouldn't have caught it. It would have been something that was missed. Uh, and, but you sort of, just the way that, that Arthur treats that family it was a means to an end it in his mind Arthur was was in the was in the right he knew he was doing something bad he knew he was uh, but he he his philosophy was hey you borrowed money from us you owe us this money you are paying this money right now you gave you all all this all these chances to be able to to be able to pay the money. We gave you all the opportunities to, and now we're here to collect, uh, and we want our money. And so, and you don't you didn't you don't see the impact that it was having until much later. And uh, I was at first, I was sort of like, eh, okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. They they borrowed money; they should have paid it back. And it just like I was already in the 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 the, the care into the character of Arthur. I was like, yes. This is a means to an end, we need money, we need as much money as possible to get out of here and uh, damned if anyone gets into our way because we, uh, we as a family, we as a community, we need the two survive. And following Dutch this entire time, uh, I, I, like it, 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 the the change of, of what happened was happening to Dutch, some people argue that uh, essentially he just slowly becomes crazy uh and insane and some people would argue that th- this is just now or he was uh, by the end of the game he's he's become what he's been like all along it's just everyone was blindly following uh pun intended uh blindly following dutch this entire time and i can sort of see that because as arthur and you're following dutch and, and you're loyal to dutch you've been loyal to dutch for a majority of your life and i sort of Even though they kind of said it like it it was sort of like an older brother-type relationship between Dutch and Arthur, I kind of felt more of like that Dutch and Hosea were more surrogate fathers to Arthur. Um, And then the rest of the gang were brothers and sisters. And like it's so... Arthur was already essentially indoctrinated into uh, into the into the gang. and and I love that there are moments in this in in the story that essentially kind of show Arthur what the world is like when you have those kind of people in, in charge, like like Dutch. Um, like when you're having to go through Mary's mission and you're rescuing um, Mary's brother from that cult, and you see the leader of the cult, and it's like, yeah, of course the cult leader's crazy. Like this is this is insane. Why would you even follow someone like this? Uh, and and like like and, and Arthur says like do like tells uh, Mary's brother like do something with your life. Like don't don't fall into this into this nonsense. And then you see uh, like even to the uh, to the extreme of. Um, rains fall uh later on and uh, and sort of like you see what a leader of a group of people uh should be like and at this point you're uh uh you're you're really doubting t- uh like a dutch a lot and you're and you now get to sort of take a step back and see what like with his own eyes of like oh yeah this is what a leader should be like and uh and and just they're they're sort of uh even even actually in the uh, the example of the Greys and the Braithwaites, like at the time you're sort of like, ha, these 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 families are idiots. Like they're just basically it's just a, a long uh, such a long feud that no one even remembers or even cares about how it started. It's just they just know they hate each other, and you and you and you're like, that 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 just can't happen to us. That can't happen to like to 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 the Vanderlyn gang. It's like we're we're okay. But there was many examples of, like, this is what, like, it the game and the story was showing us, this is what is going to happen. Like, this is what's going to happen if you just blindly follow someone. And uh, I, I felt that that was, like, I didn't think about this during the game or during the story. I thought about this more afterwards and it just it just bit by bit at each story and each sort of little side mission you do you start to see that that like th- there was so many different like um parallels to uh what was happening to dutch that um it, unfortunately arthur didn't see it until it was too late and uh i think it was one review i think it was GameSpot that um, that said in their spoiler cast I can't remember who specifically said it, but they had, they had said that um, Dutch was very much kind of like the leader and the rest of the gang was sort of his apostles. And cause especially with Dutch mentioning faith a lot and like have faith in me, I've always got a plan. I've always got something in mind. I've I've, I've worked this whole thing out. And at first you're like, yeah, okay, sure. If it, like your plans have worked in the past, uh, as far as I knew, um, and we're able to get, like, uh, but I think it was the Blackwater incident that essentially, like, each thing you do, even though you were successful in certain things, there was a lot of missions where you failed. Uh, there's a lot of, like, a lot of jobs that you had failed uh, in this game that be- basically unraveled the entire gang and just, uh, and, and all Dutch kept saying was that he had a plan. And and then, like, at first you're like, yep, okay. Dutch has a plan. Not everything goes to plan. It's fine, but he has a plan and he's going to get us out of it. And then by the end of it, when uh, when you sort of take a step back and you're not part of the plan anymore as Arthur, you're like, oh, no, Dutch doesn't have a plan. He's he's in this for himself. Uh, and he doesn't care. Like, he only cares about uh, himself. And even, even when there were certain points where um, when when essentially like he would do anything for the protection of the gang like at the, at the beginning chapters in Valentine um you find out that essentially that Micah got captured and um and uh and then also uh Sean uh was uh, was left in Blackwater and all throughout basically Dutch kept saying like uh, if you're not doing those missions right away Dutch would say hey what about Sean? We gotta go get Sean. Um what about Micah? You gotta go get Micah? Like he was like he was always in trying to be able to make sure that he that, that his 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 community and his and his gang was together and then seeing like even to the epitome of that of that extreme where Jack got uh captured by the Braithwaites and you're walking up towards the Braithwaite's house, which was a badass moment. Like, oh my God, like having those people, like having the entire gang and like this sort of one line walking, like marching up towards the house. And then that whole mission, and then you just sort of leave it with the, uh, with, with burning down the entire Braithwaite's estate and the wailing of Catherine Braithwaite um, of just what she had lost. I was like, oh. If they're willing to do that for Jack, yeah, like that, that like we're in this together. We'll make sure that every that every there's no man or woman or child left behind. And then it was after that that even even like even in on on Guarma being able to pick up like they were like we need to grab Javier Uh, and, and it just it sort of like there was nothing that needed like nothing else needed to be done but getting a Javier and then later on seeing the switch of like. John getting captured, Abigail getting captured, and Dutch not even wanting to lift a finger. It's like, yeah, yeah, we'll get to it, especially with John. Or no, we got to abandon Abigail. Abigail's not in this anymore. We gotta get, we gotta get rid of. And it was just like you start to see who Dutch really is, and when he and he was in it for himself, and sort of, and it could be said like, oh, that was Micah. Is Micah's influence? Sure, yeah, I get it. Like some people can sort of argue that and I, and I would not uh, hold, like I'm not putting this all on uh, Dutch. I'd say like a good percentage of it is definitely Micah as well. Um, but Micah was sort of, I think, feeding that ego. And you know what, actually, it completely kind of sums up where Dutch sort of felt like, or like his, his character progression throughout the entire game was I felt like that at a certain point, Dutch felt like that he was like a god that even though there's so many things that were that, that that was happening to the to the gang um there was so, like uh, uh, there there were facing so many failures in the, each of the jobs they tried to build to do it felt like i think dutch felt like that he was still untouchable he can talk his way he can manipulate his way out of any situation he was in and he was always able to survive and I think he sort of saw, and that ego fed into that, and he felt probably felt like he was untouchable, that he was uh, that he like he was indestructible, and I kind of felt like that. Yeah, even up into the story of Red Dead, and uh, and and seeing Dutch like still like even at the end of his life, he still felt like that. I think that he felt like that he was a god amongst men, and um, throughout this entire time. Uh, as Arthur, you slowly start to see that happen. And, um, and, the, and the way they sort of set it up a, a, into this game or into this story was absolutely brilliant. It was... True Western storytelling at at its best. Uh, I wanted to actually like break down into each sort of story section. Um, in, in, like I had even I have my notes here, and, and uh, I wanted to talk about the beginning chapters, the Grayson uh and the Saint Denis and Guarma and back, uh, like like come back and, and and all that stuff. But I think I think I'm just sort of kind of like like more an overview of what I felt like of the story and kind of using different examples. And I think that uh, that definitely talked about. It. I do want to talk about sort of the uh, the, the, now back to like we talked about dutch for a little bit i want to talk about arthur as a character because once you finally started having agency over arthur and you're seeing uh all the good things that you were that they were trying to do um and you're like at least for me i played with high honor uh, as much as possible and i think i i almost got hundred like hundred percent a high honor uh i think it was like maybe 80 90 percent there um i think the last little bit was probably because it was a lot of missions that i didn't do um like a lot of stranger stuff like stranger missions that i just didn't get to um or didn't necessarily i just was like yeah i wasn't interested in it so i just didn't do it so i probably could have went full 100 percent high honor but at least i was at that point where i essentially by the end of the game i had uh the equivalent of the high honor uh ending as it were um but like i said kind of going back to that first line of we're bad men but we ain't them and um and then realizing uh that the game that, that dutch was becoming one of those men that arthur w- had despised um he was becoming like a Colmel just Dris- uh, a driscoll and uh See in realizing all the bad that Arthur has done like he always said like and he always be- like he said like he believed that is like, hey I'm damned Uh I- I'm damned to hell and I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna uh, wreak havoc until until I do and then when he was sort of faced with his mortality by uh Getting tuberculosis, which I thought was kind of brilliant by the way of like how subtle they kind of started that with all of a sudden It's like you you're sort of like wait, did he just cough just then? what was that and then he just kept coughing throughout and then just how the like a gamespot actually the gamespot review of this was spoilercast review this kind of brought up this point that i had thought about too was that it was so funny that this entire time you had this mechanic of like you got to keep eating you got to sleep to be able to make sure that your that your weight is at a certain point um so that your health is at a, a at, at its peak optimacy and uh you want to make sure that you're taking care of yourself uh and i was like you get so invested in that and i was like Okay, that's a gameplay mechanic. That's just part of the game, as it were, quote unquote. Uh, and I thought that was cool. But then when it's when tuberculosis, when you get tuberculosis, and then you now are like, oh, shoot all that entire time of like, of making sure that, uh, that, that uh, Arthur was healthy. And now he can't even to the point where he can't eat as much. He can't drink as much anymore. And he can't use uh, like, even when he tries to be able to get full health or full stamina, he can't because like, it won't only go to a certain level uh, because like he was, he was getting sick and he was, and and you could see his body start to deteriorate. I was like, that was a cool way to do it. If they, if, if, rockstar had set it up like that was the what they were like that was sort of their plan all along was to be able to give arthur tuberculosis and they were like let's build a mechanic around that and not into like and not even like like introduce this until like three quarters of the way through the game uh I, i was like bravo bravo the fact that they sort of they did that on purpose the entire time uh then i'm like Kudos! That was a cool way to be able to uh, to implement and to uh, that mechanic into the game itself, instead of just feeling like that was sort of uh, like a, a, just a way to be able to like improve your stats, as it were, uh, of Arthur. So I I, I got to give Rockstar credit for that. Um, but then also was like I said when when Arthur sort of met was met with his mortality, realizing that he was gonna die soon. Um, because, uh, even at this point, like, uh, anti- antibiotics wasn't invented until 20 years later and they were only just starting to sort of experiment with cures for tuberculosis. Um, and, and actually I looked it up and apparently like, yeah, no, tuberculosis is, is still a thing that can happen, but it, and it takes like up to like nine months of just taking constant antibiotics to make sure that you don't die. Like that's how like that's how bad this disease was i actually thought that tuberculosis could have been cured by um by a dry uh uh like a dry like, uh, weather climate um because i grew up on a store there was a, a show in, in, in canada called road to avonlea and there's one character uh that at one point um they one of the one of the daughters of uh cecily king uh, essentially all like at one point gets tuberculosis and i think there was sort of a way for them to be able to kind of write off the character and they sent Cecily into a sanatorium, but she was able to be cured from tuberculosis because they they sent her to a, 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 sanitar- a sanatorium that was basically uh, in a dry uh, climate where sort of like they're able to like breathe fresh air and all that and I was, uh, and and not have to like and I was like oh that's that so that's all that's all Arthur needs was just basically go into a dry environment, live there for a long time, and then he then his tuberculosis would not would uh, would not come back or he would be cured from it. Uh, I didn't realize how how brutal this disease. Was. Really was and um, and and then when sort of Arthur was d- dealt with that, and he realized uh, he realized that th- that he and and there's this one there was there was one conversation that I was that really hit me, and uh, you don't get it until unless you do the Brother Dorkins um uh missions in St. Denis, uh, you're introduced to it by the Reverend in camp, and you get to do Brother Dorkins, but you meet. And the second mission, uh, you meet a nun who a kid had stolen a crucifix and you go and get it back for uh, for her. And then when you go back uh, to, we need a letter from Bo Braithwa- uh, Gray and Penelope Braithwaite to help them leave uh, Lemoyne County or the Lemoyne State as it were, uh, so they can be able to go and, and live, live life together. When you take them to to a train station you see the nun and um you have a conversation with the nun and it's the first time i for me in this at this point in the game it was the first time that he actually said out loud to anybody else other than the doctor um uh, that he has tuberculosis and that he's dying and he said that and arthur said that he was that he was afraid um he was not afraid of dying but he was afraid that um of just of what he's beco- what he had become. And, um, he didn't, and he didn't believe in anything anymore. Um, he didn't believe in Dutch and that was his sort of constant. That was his, that was his shining. That was his North star throughout his entire life. a uh, majority of his adult life was following Dutch. That was his, that was, that was something he believed in. And that, and then when he sort of saw who Dutch really was, um, he felt like that everything that he had done that he had done for Dutch or even for himself, um, wasn't helping people and then i tried to convince him was like, no, you are a good man. Um, you, you are, you are a good man. You, and, and you like, you can, you can do right in this world by helping people. And I, I never like, and, and it really kind of became true when you essentially go on the rain's fall uh section of the game. And, um, and you're helping him out, um, and you even had that conversation also with Rainsfall about Arthur's family and the fact that he used to have a, a son and and a and a wife, and uh, they're dead, and they uh, through very tragic means. And Rainsfall sort of encourages them. and you re- like, and it was so subtle too. It's like his, the way that the way they start off these things in this game it's so it starts off extremely subtle like the 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 when you meet the downs family and you and that's where you got tuberculosis and then um and then when you sort of see the a rains fall for the first time in saint denis you, you uh, and with evelyn miller as uh, uh, with the author and he's trying to be able to implore the local government to be able to see the plight that the, the native americans were under and it's like oh like I, when i first saw it i'll fully admit it's like, oh, okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. It's a Western, of course, they're going to talk about Native Americans, at least at some point in this and, and kind of the, the tragedy of, of what was happening to that, uh, to the people at that time, um, even still today, uh, to, uh, like it was just like, I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like it's, of course they would add that into it. And I, and I didn't think much of it. And then when you meet them again, and then you realize, and you, and you realize what they were going through and, um, even just in, in a very small encapsulated way of just sort of, um, uh, I think it was Colonel fellows. I think, I can't remember his, his name, but, but the, the, the Colonel, uh, and, and sort of him kicking off, uh, the Wapiti tribe because he, because he, because Leviticus Cornwall wanted oil. That was exactly what, like, it just, it like, it was like, ah, oh, like I, I'm, I'm like, I, it was basically at that point, like after I met the nun, Uh, on uh, on the train station ever like ever since then i made a concerted effort to be able to try to do as much good as possible i felt like at this point you know what like I, I was with Arthur this entire time. Yes, we did, like, I, we did some bad stuff. But I'm gonna make sure that before I die, I'm gonna help as many people as possible. And I felt like that rain's fall was sort of like that way, like the repeated thing. A uh, story was what I, what I could, I could do this. I could, I can make this right. I can make something right in this world before I, before I kick this mortal coil, and then be realizing that you're now also on the outside of dutch's decisions like dutch used to rely on you so much uh even to the point like up into when they were li- uh living at shady bell and um and uh, you were, uh, and and you get asked uh, like you're having a discussion with Dutch and Hosea, and you're asked, what do you think we should do? I went with Hosea instead of Dutch specifically. I didn't, re- I don't think that I didn't realize that like that was sort of the, the like it was that was sort of a, break, a breaking point um, within story wise. It could have not been. I don't know. It just felt like to me story wise it did, but uh, it like. I, I felt like I could fix this. And then now being outside of Dutch's decision-making, like I had no idea what Dutch was doing at all. All I cared about was I need to help these people out. And like, even the fact that Charles was helping me, uh, I, I felt like, okay, good. There's least there's some people on my side on this. Uh, and and then it's like everything you would do for Rainsfall, And then you would go back to Dutch and it's like Dutch had basically kind of screwed everything up. And he was sort of, he was using his manipulation against uh, Eagle flies. And it's just like, ah, oh, come on. It's like, no we're screwing these people over and Dutch was manipulating eagle flies much like he did with the greys and braithweights It's like trying to be able to pit each other at uh, each other at these throats and and he was Dutch was using uh the PD tribe against uh the the U.S. government uh or the U.S. army uh and like in the very same way And it's like no this is not this is not right this is not the way it's supposed to go the way it's supposed to happen and then when you finally when uh, like uh, when you when it comes to that confrontation where rains shows up um at uh at, at uh, uh, uh what's the place i can't remember what's going it shows up to your camp and uh and he's like arthur you helped me before can you please help me again eagle flies is, is is i need you to help save him and then dutch is like what have you been doing this entire time and it's like wait you've been helping the mountain it's like and like it, it, at that point, it's like, yeah, of course I've been doing that Dutch because these people need our help. And and, then, and it's like and you it, and you, it, it just it was a really cool that was a really cool moment. And then and then when you get to that, when you're when Eagle Fly is sort of uh, like you're, you're kind of forced to go into that mission where you're invading that oil, uh, that oil factory. And uh, and then you get caught or ish and you're about to like get stabbed in the face. And you see Dutch just walk away. Out of all the good that Arthur was that had done, out of all the things he was trying to do to keep the gang together, Dutch just walked away. And I will admit, I completely sobbed. I was, I I started to cry um, because again, I felt like that Dutch was a father figure to Arthur and, um, and, and I'll say this. I have a great relationship with my dad. Uh, He's still around to this day and I have nothing, but like, I I love my dad very much. Uh, And, but I, I sort of felt the pain that Arthur was going through. It's like, why'd you do this to me, dad? Why'd you leave me like that? And then when he confronts them afterwards and Dutch is like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then you just sort of like, and you had to let it go. I was just like, Oh, like that hurt. And then, the whole leading up to the end when you find out that like that like even even when John was 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 captured and put into prison and you're like and, and Dutch is like like does it doesn't like I ah, will get to him later I'm like no you gotta get to him now he's gonna be hanged and he's gonna just talk that he's gonna be hanged and Dutch like there was talk it's like you would have done this like uh, uh, like weeks ago you would have done the same thing it didn't matter if they were talking about it you needed to get him out now and the fact that arthur and sadie went out and got him and then he brought him back and then it's just sort of like and then uh, uh like even when he had to go and and, and 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 when abigail was captured and dutch was like we gotta leave her behind uh, we got like and then arthur's like what are you talking about? This is we've been trying to like we've been trying to help out these like like we're trying to keep ourselves together. Like what are you doing? Like we would we, we like weeks ago, months ago, we we would have dropped everything to be able to bring to be able to bring back one of our own, regardless of whether it was a trap or not. And the, and when like when Dutch did that, I was like, again, it just sort of felt like that, Dad. Why are you doing this? Why? and then finding out that Mike was the one that portrayed and and then when you when you're in that final the final confrontation um and you have and you're and you made the decision that no this this gang is now over people have already left and people have already picked sides and um and then it's like then you get to that final like and then the Pinkertons arrive again and you're now, and and you have that decision. Do you help John? Do you go after the money? And that's the thing too, even when you find out that, oh yeah, no, John was killed in that train robbery. And then you think that, and like, of course I knew that he wasn't because I played Red Dead Redemption and I know that he's the main character, but if no one's played it, that would have been a completely different, like that would've been like, oh shoot, really? You just let him die? or that no he died and it's like and like uh, like you couldn't save him and then he comes back and it's like you left me and John's like you left me you left me cuz i feel like that Arthur and John had the same kind of relationship with Dutch um and that they were it was he, Dutch was a father figure to them and and even, you know what, even uh, I'll talk briefly about even the, the character st- progression of uh, how Arthur felt about John at the very beginning of the game and and where they ended up. I thought that was a beautiful way of storytelling, because at first it's like, OK, I get it. Arthur doesn't like John because uh, it's like they don't want to put too much like like oh look it's John because he's in the first he's in the first game it's like so like I I, I I like that I I didn't like that twist sort of into a certain degree but I was like I get it uh, and then as the game kind of progressed and it's like and the, uh, I think it was the moment where uh John uh had suggested putting the oil uh tank in front of the on the tracks so that the train would stop so they can be able to rob him. and then when Arthur was like you know what that it was a brilliant idea and it was like he realized that John was very much kind of like Arthur in that sense and and he, and he felt like he was a true John I think at that moment that's when Arthur started to feel John like was a true brother and you leading up all to that moment when you have to decide between do you help John or do you go after the money that Dutch has been saving this entire time <coughs> I get on. So I gotta take a drink a uh, sip of coffee it's cold now but it's still okay um immediately of course the only decision i could make was i gotta help john i gotta help john escape because john had more to lose and and he had an opportunity to get out he had a family he had abigail he had jack and I, I, I like I believe that like Arthur, it's like like throughout this entire time, it's like we need to get you out of here. We need to get like you have a better chance of living life. And, and it's, it sort of goes back to Arthur trying to make, make amends um, for all the bad things he did and include like what he did at Rain with Rain's Fall, what he did with uh, Bo and Penelope Braithwaite uh, or Bo Gray and Penelope Braithwaite. What he did with uh, uh, with all the people that he helped in just the small little missions here and there, uh, and and even with the Downs family, even though he screwed them over so much, he did everything he could to be able to make sure that they were um, that they were gonna that they that that he was trying like he, he tried to fix it, and it's like he knew that he reaped what he sowed, and seeing what they had done, and all this entire time, um, he felt like that John was sort of like. If he can help John, and if that's the last thing he did, then at least his life, life was worth something. Instead of being a bad man, he wasn't going to become a, a complete, like he was going to become them. Um, and that whole ending of uh, the fight with Micah and when Dutch shows up and he walks away again. At this point... I like, I hadn't stopped. I hadn't stopped uh, up like in this one. I hadn't stopped crying uh, since when uh, that sort of montage of Arthur riding to camp, and you hear all the voices of all the people that you helped in the, in the game of telling like saying Arthur's a good man, and he and and he does and he can do the right thing in this and that. Like I started weeping, and I didn't stop. Uh, leading up into the very end. And it's like, even at the very end, I cried even more when it was like, again, Dutch just left. He was, he was so selfish. He didn't care about anybody else anymore. He only cared about himself. And, uh, and I, I, I like, I got the high honor ending. So I got the one where he, uh, um, where basically Arthur just kind of died from, uh, from, from basically tuberculosis and just all the injuries that he had sustained from being from being beaten up by Mica, uh, and you sort of see the sun the sunrise, um, and like so that was that was the ending I got. No, there was like four other there was like three others. There was one that. Um, uh, where you get stabbed by Micah on the, on the, on the cliff. And then there's one that if you go back, there's two that you if you go back to them, uh, for the money, um, that, I mean, you still basically die by a horrific sort of, uh, uh, way, but I think, I, I think basically you had like, you get shot or you, you get definitely stabbed, uh, uh, like multiple times by Micah, um, in one of the, uh, like in one of those, but, uh, I can't remember what the other one was, but essentially I had the high, like the, the, the good, good ending as it were. And oh God, that that broke me. That whole, that whole last bit broke me and, it, and like I, I realized just how, how like just how the tragedy of Arthur Morgan and what he tried to do to make things right and to, and to make amends. like there's so many like there's so many subtle things that, that this game did to, uh, like and sort of like parallels to Arthur and to Dutch and to Arthur and John and to the rest of the gang and his community and there's the 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 storytelling of this was done in a very beautiful way and I'm glad that at least Rockstar spent five years trying to build together together to put this one together because they could have very easily just slapped together a sequel and it would have been that um, but they took the time they took five years to put this together. And you can see the effort, and you can see uh, how much care that Rockstar had uh, for this story. Um, and I felt like that—that that was the the not necessarily the ending I wished would have happened. I wish that Arthur would have survived, um, but um, I I'm th- I was satisfied with the ending that I got. Uh, now to talk about the epilogue, uh, I, th- I think I think. If you hadn't played Red Dead Redemption, this epilogue was kind of superfluous. It could have been narrowed down into something very quickly because there was certain like is being able to like especially more seeing where everyone ended up, Um, like seeing where Sadie ended up, seeing where Charles and Uncle and... And seeing like uh, uh, like the whole uh, story with Micah uh, and finding Micah again, and then even seeing Dutch again, and the fact that Dutch was with Micah all along, and then he just walked away again after he shot Micah. It's like, yeah, okay, great, but then you just walked away again. Uh, like, damn it, Dutch. Uh, but. Uh, I felt like that it was like uh, the seven to 10 hours of gameplay that you played in the epilogue, uh, um, like it was more fan service for those who had played Red Dead Redemption and you're setting up this entire sort of story of John Marston and all leading up to essentially the moment, uh, where, uh, John is now like is forced to work with, uh, the new, uh, federal Bureau of Investigations, um. Uh, instead of the pinkertons as it were and you like in your in uh, leading up to the events of Red Dead one uh red Dead redemption uh I I think yeah if you hadn't played red Dead redemption this it, it would kind of like the epilogue wasn't really I don't think it was worth much um I think it was just more set up for those who had played it and it just you get to see sort of the the progression of what of what happened after the gang leading up to where John was at the beginning of Red Dead Redemption. And uh I didn't mind it. I personally, like as like I said, as a fan of of the first one, I liked the idea of ranching and uh farming and building the house and, and oof, and then seeing the barn that he uh that like that he that he essentially is like a few years later he's gonna die. And that, like I stood in that same spot and I was like, ooh. And I didn't realize even until much later when at, at the very end of the credits, when you go back into the game and you see and you have that quick conversation of John and Abigail. Uh, I didn't know this until later. I completely had forgotten uh, that they're standing essentially on the very spot where their uh, graves are eventually going to be. Uh, I, I think that was that was a beautiful, subtle touch. I didn't catch that until. I heard about it later in a YouTube video, but I thought, oh, that was pretty cool. I kind of wish I caught it in the moment, but I did catch the 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 barn. And I uh, at the moment I stood in front of that, and I actually turned around and had my back to the barn, and I could see like all the the I was Like, yeah, this is where all the guys stood in front stood in front of me, and, and basically shot me dead uh, or shot John dead. And I was just like, wow, like it was. And like I said, it was it was, the epilogue was more fan service. So I think if you were to play the game and you were to like in in you were nec- you weren't necessarily a Red Dead Redemption fan, I think that the main, the story I think the true ending is, is the true the ending of Arthur's story. Um, the epilogue was just sort of as a bonus i felt um i would have been okay with that even if that was a dlc sort of thing i, I think yeah there were moments that were pretty cool like going off with sadie um having charles basically an uncle being there even though uncle's very annoying i agreed with that uh and then the whole like when you get to sort of oh and the proposal with abigail was so good and the fact that he gave her he gave Ab- abigail the same ring that arthur gave to his wife oh, or to marry I think it was to marry yeah like to marry for an engagement I was like oh that was so good and then the whole leading up to Micah and then you hear the original Red Dead Redemption theme as you're going up the mountain to to to, uh, to confront Micah and you finally get to kill Micah at the end I was like that was satisfying so there's moments that I think that could have been that would have been great to build able and I think maybe that could have made the epilogue a little bit shorter uh, but Uh, I I think yeah, it was just like it was more fan service than anything, and I don't think that it was uh, uh, necessary for the majority of that time you spent. Could have been like maybe an hour or two uh, shorter, uh, or actually an hour or two total. Um, But I think I I think it was okay. It was it was not necessary, but it was it was nice as a Red Dead Redemption fan. Um, Yeah, so I think that's kind of that's kind of it, and I, I, I even. Sort of, I liked the 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 credit montages uh, throughout it. I was uh, even like seeing the um, the investigators basically uh, like finding their way through each sort of town and trying to find uh, John Marston, and then eventually at the end, when you see that they had approached uh, Beecher's Hope, and uh, and 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 they're like, you know, that that's that's what's leading up to uh, the events of Red Dead Redemption. I was like, okay, yeah. Uh, even though I know that in the end, uh, Abigail and John and Jack only had a certain amount of time together. At least they had at least a decent amount of time together Instead sort of like, instead sort of like right away. Uh, I, I think that that, at least I think they had like a total of like 11 years after the events of the gang, um, that they, at least they were together. So I was, I was, I was satisfied in that, that they were able to kind of stay together for that long, even though they died shortly thereafter. Um, but, uh, Oh, this game. Um, my my thoughts about the about this is that Red Dead Redemption Two is definitely on the list of one of my favorite games of all time. Um, and I struggle actually, you know what, to be able to put this podcast together, this spoiler cast together, because it is just by myself, and I don't have a, a people I can sort of like talk to. That it's at least it was f- that fresh in people's minds that they would want to be able to talked about Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, and I. Uh, I actually technically this is the sec this is the second recording I did. I actually had a full blown recording of uh, ready to go. Uh, I actually uh, record like as of recording this, I recorded it the the full thing yesterday, and I had uploaded it and it was scheduled and ready to go. But I was thinking about it like last night uh, before I went to bed, and I realized that no, there were certain things I I feel like that I I, I could have I I basically did a disservice to this game, and I just sort of rambled. And I know I rambled quite a bit in this, but um, at least I, I was, it was enough for me to be able to jot some notes down that I felt like I, so I can make sure I can remember uh, so I can talk to you about it in a very in a coherent manner and just it, hopefully being able to explain how much this game meant to me. Uh, not only just the fact that I was able to beat it and play it even with the lack of accessibility um, and the disability barriers that I had within this game, uh, it was... It was one of those stories I just, like, once I finally got past that chapter two spot of where I was before, I couldn't put it down. I started this beginning of, uh, no, I think, end of November, beginning of December of 2019, and uh, I basically had just finished it uh, a few days ago um, uh, in, in tw- like the first week of January 2020, if you're listening to this or watching this much later. And so it basically took me about a month to be able to complete it. And it was I couldn't put it down. It was one of those games I didn't really play anything else really as much uh, at, at all. Like this was the one game that I just like I need to constantly keep playing, like even to the point where I actually had uploaded my save. Um, to the PS Plus, so I can be able to go. When I went home for the to my family for the holidays, I stayed at my sister and my brother in law's place, and my brother in law had it at a PS4, and he was cool with me um, continuing my playthrough of, of Red Dead. Uh, so I played that for a couple hours. So I, I like I didn't want to let it go. I wanted to keep playing. I, that was the one game I wanted to, to keep playing quite a bit. Um, so. I wanted to convey how much this story, how much this game meant to me. It was one of the best stories that I'd ever played in a video game. Uh, anything that anything that can sort of make me uh, emotionally attached to a character or to a story or to a game, uh, I, I'm all on board with. And here's the thing, too, is that—and I, I hadn't really mentioned it before, but uh, Westerns mean a lot to me. Uh, I love Western stories. Uh, i into the point where there was a period of time in my life that I actually— uh, I have, I actually have, yeah, two, uh, un, like, like two novels slash stories, uh, uh, like Western stories and one's completely finished. One is, uh, like, well, fin- completely finished and like, it's a first draft. And the other one, uh, another one, hadn't, hasn't been finished. And yeah, because if you surprise, surprise, if you didn't know, I, there was a period of time where I actually was a, an author, uh, and uh, and I, uh, like I was writing a lot of fiction. And that was there was two two stories that I wrote in westerns. That I may put out someday, but I, I don't know. I, I I have to reread it again, and, and maybe I, I need an editor essentially to able to make to to put that 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 draft into a into a more publishable uh, type scenario um, but the westerns mean a lot to me and so and and you don't get a lot of them in in video games um, Red Dead Redemption and and uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 essentially are the two quintessential Western games old West games essentially and this game and, and the first one means a lot to me um, it's it, it, it hit at a specific time in my life, um at the beginning like uh, when i started playing it um in 2010 2011 it was just shortly before i stopped playing video games altogether um because i felt like that that the, the the disability or the accessibility in games was not like I, I i felt like at the time i suck at video games why am i playing this i'm not playing this as often i was focused on a a, a career so i felt like that video games was i could uh, like, I can put this down. I was a casual gamer at best. I can stop playing this. I can stop playing the games altogether. And that was the beginning of the decade. And then now at the, be- uh, the, the, the beginning of a new decade and finishing the second one. We're at a time where video games is my life. Video games is now going to be my career for the foreseeable future. Red Dead now essentially is the, the signposts of where not only just where I where I am personally in, in my life, but just career wise, and it's like the like each like each game was is the beginning of a new chapter for me. Um, in 2010, it was when I was starting out my radio career, and I was focused in on that, and that was sort of the, what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. and And now in this, um, my radio career is done. It's it's over. And, uh, this isn't like, I feel like that, <laughs> that Red Dead Redemption is, is the, is the beginning chat, like, uh, each game is the beginning chapters of, uh, uh like the beginning of each chapter of my life. So I'm very grateful for Rockstar to be able to create a game, like two games that essentially made a huge impact on me. Um, and, uh, I, I thank them for making a game like this, uh, making two great games like this. So... That being said, I, I I definitely I like I said yeah this game is one of my favorite games of all time and I should probably shut up now because if I I'm just gonna keep blabbing about if I uh, about this game just of how good it is if I don't so I thank you all for uh, for watching I thank you all for listening if you are listening to this uh, on a podcast make sure you go to youtube.com/snowball and uh, wa- or subscribe make sure you subscribe there if you are watching this on youtube.com/snowball. Uh, make sure to uh, go to the links in the description for to subscribe uh, to this podcast in either Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Play, uh, or Stitcher, either one of those. Basically, just uh, whatever pod service that, that, that you use around the globe, you can be able to search for the Blind Gamer Podcast and you can be able to subscribe there. It would really mean a lot if you could. And uh, and, and yeah, so thank you so much. Make sure you uh let me know uh on social media at Steve Saylor on Twitter and on Instagram of what you thought of uh this uh, uh this episode and what you thought what's your thoughts on Red Dead Redemption 2. Have you played it? Have you finished it? I would love to be able to know your thoughts. Please know that essentially, like, please be kind in the comments down below for those who may not have been able to play it as of yet. So, um, I mean, I mean, it's a spoiler, Cassie, you probably could. I don't know. I leave it up to you. I don't want to. Uh, I like. Uh, I don't want to ruin anyone else's experience uh, by looking just randomly looking at the comments of my videos. So, anyway, um, that's it for me. Thank you all so much for watching slash listening, and as I will see you in the next one. As always, I remain obediently yours. Bye, partner.